Chapter 17 The next night and the night after that, Andrew beat me at marbles as usual, but he seemed to take less pleasure in his victories. Instead of boasting and bragging and carrying on like a conceited jackanapes, he began asking questions about his family, the color of Hannah's eyes, the smell of Papa's pipe smoke, the words to yippee-yay-yay-yay, his dog's name. Although I knew those things, including every silly word of yippee-yay-yay-yay, I was beginning to forget other stuff. Chicago was a blur of noisy streets, jammed improbably with Model T's and Oldsmobiles. My apartment on Oak Street was a blank box, nothing but floors, walls, and windows. When I struggled to picture my parents' faces, I saw Mama and Papa instead. I was tempted to ask Andrew to let me win before he for before we forgot everything, but the one time I had the nerve to hint at it, he shook his head sadly and said, Homesick as I am, I'd rather be alive in your world than dead in mine. The night before I was supposed to meet Edward on the trestle, Mama let Theo and me catch fireflies in the backyard. The bushes and tall grass glittered with them, more than I'd ever seen. We captured them two or three at a time, holding them carefully in our fists. We felt their little feet tickle our hands. Green light glowed between our fingers and lit our faces. When we had each filled a jar, Theo and I lay down on the lawn and watched our prisoners crawl over the blades of grass we had provided for them. Above our heads, Orion chased the Pilates across the sky. Cassiopeia sat musing in her chair, and the Big Dipper poured stars that changed to fireflies as they fell. Suddenly, Theo poked my side with his sharp little elbow. You aren't worried about tomorrow, are you? What do you think? He propped himself up on his elbows and studied my face. You told me last spring it was the easiest thing in the whole wide world. You could hardly wait to jump. Why, even when you got sick, you worried you'd die without having a chance to do it. I must have been a raving lunatic, I muttered. Theo scowled, but the sound of a Model T chugging up the driveway stopped him from saying more. Its headlamps lit the trees and washed across the house. It's John again, Theo said. Papa will start charging him room and board soon. Hidden in the shadows, we watched John jump out of the car and run up the porch steps. Hannah met him at the front door. From inside the house, their laughter floated toward us as silvery as moonlight, cutting into my heart like a knife. Hannah has a bow, Theo sounded as if he were trying out a new word, testing it for rightness. He giggled. Do you think she lets him kiss her? I spat in the grass, a trick that I'd learned from Edward. Don't be silly. What's silly about smooching? When I'm old enough, I plan to kiss Marie Jenkins till our lips melt. Making loud smacking sounds with his mouth, Theo demonstrated. Pushing him away, I wrestled him to the ground and started tickling him. As he pleaded for mercy, we heard the screen door open. Thinking it was Mama, about to call us inside, we broke apart and lay still. It was Hannah and John. They're sitting in the swing, Theo whispered. Come on, let's spy on them. I bet a million zillion dollars they start spooning. Stuffing his jar of fireflies into his shirt, Theo dropped to his knees and crawled across the lawn toward the house. I followed him, sure he was wrong. Hannah wasn't old enough for kissing, or silly enough. We reached the bushes beside the porch without being seen. 
Crouched in the dirt, we were as so close that I could reach up and grab Hannah's ankle. To keep from giggling, Theo pressed his hand over his mouth. Sick with jealousy, I watched John put his arm around Hannah and draw her close. As his lips met hers, I felt Theo jab my side. I teetered and lost my balance. The bushes swayed, the leaves rustled, a twig snapped under my feet. Be quiet, Theo hissed in my ear. Do you want to get us killed? We backed out of the bushes, hoping to escape, but it was too late. Leaving John in the swing, Hannah strode down the porch steps, grabbed each of us by the ear, and shook us like rats. Can't a body have a second of privacy? Theo and I begged her to forgive us, but Hannah's dander was up. If she hadn't noticed the fireflies under our shirts, I don't know what she would have done to us. Snatching my jar, she gazed at my captives. The flickering glow lit her face. I wanted to tell her she was beautiful. I wanted to tell her that I'd love her forever, but all I could say was, uh, These are for you. I caught them just for you, Hannah. Poor things, she said softly, her temper gone without a trace. I'll have to let them go, Andrew. They'll die if I don't. Before I could stop her, she removed the lid and held the jar high over her head. Fly away, fly away, she cried like sparks from a bonfire. The fireflies escaped in a sparkling green mist. Theo handed his jar to Hannah. Set mine free too. In moments, Theo's fireflies rose and scattered across the dark sky. They're going to the moon, Theo shouted. They're going to the stars. I wish I could send the pair of you with them, Hannah muttered. Maybe I'd have some peace and quiet then. We crossed the dew-soaked grass and climbed the front steps. Theo darted into the house, but I sat on the railing near the swing. There was a picture, pitcher on the table, and I was hoping Hannah would offer me some. I lived here. John didn't. Surely I had a right to a glass of lemonade. From the shadows, John smiled at me, but I pretended not to notice. Hannah was sitting beside him, a little too close, I thought. Surely Papa wouldn't approve. Have you been practicing your boxing? He asked. I nodded, but I kept my eyes on the huge moth fluttering against the window screen. Plop, plop, plop. It wanted to get to the light in the parlor. It sure is hot, I said. A glass of lemonade would really taste good. Hannah laughed. Andrew is known all over Riverview for his subtlety. I scowled at her angered by the simpery way she spoke to John, but Hannah just laughed again. Run along, Andrew. It's way past your bedtime. Yes, John agreed. Growing boys need their rest. Before I could think of a fitting reply, Mama appeared in the doorway. Stop pestering your sister, Andrew, she said. It's time you were upstairs in bed. I looked at Hannah, hoping she'd rescue me, but all she said was, Good night, Andrew. John raised his hand in a farewell gesture, and at the same moment, Mama stepped outside and collared me. When I tell you to do something, I expect to be obeyed. Giving my bottom a swat, she sent me upstairs. Theo was waiting in the hall. Puckering his lips, he threw his arms around me. Oh, John, John, he squealed. Kiss me, darling, kiss me. While we scuffled, Papa's voice rolled up the steps like thunder. Stop the horseplay, boys, and go to sleep. Scared to risk a whipping, Theo and I sprang apart and ran for our beds. Under my pillow, the hard lump of the marble bag reminded me I'd soon climb the attic steps.
If I beat Andrew, I'd be safe from Edward, but I'd never see Hannah and Theo again. For the first time, I felt a pang of regret at the thought of returning to my own world. I needn't have worried. Although I won the first, the first turn, my fourth shot went wide of its target. Aiming carefully, Andrew knocked out six before he missed. I can't believe this, he said glumly. If I keep getting worse and you keep improving, you may beat me after all. Holding my breath, I shot my Aggie at one of the four marbles left. To win, I had to knock them all out of the ring. Not an easy feat. Thinking of the rockets, of TV and TVs and computers and other things I couldn't remember the names of, I watched my shooter roll right past my first target. My turn! Andrew picked up his bullseye and sent a cat's eye spinning across the floor. He sighed and sat back on his heels. That's seven. I win again. Too disappointed to speak, I watched Andrew tighten his knot on his bag of marbles. His face was calm, his fingers deft, his body relaxed. Raising his head, he looked at me. Is tomorrow the day you meet Edward? You know perfectly well it is. Giving in to my temper, I leaped to my feet and kicked the remaining marbles so hard they scattered in all directions. It's not fair. You should be jumping off the trestle, not me. Andrew's eyes widened. I told you, there's nothing to be scared of. Well, prove it, I yelled. Switch places with me. Be yourself for just one day. If you jump, I will do anything you want. I swear I will. I'll be you forever if I have to. Andrew backed away. We made an agreement, he whispered, a gentleman's agreement. It would be dishonorable to break it. Twenty-four little hours, I begged. That's all I'm asking. I can't risk it. I stared at Andrew, shocked to see a tear run down his cheek. Wiping his face with his pajama sleeve, he said, Don't you see? I don't dare jump. If I'm doomed to die in 1910, I'll drown in the river. I know I will. A gust of wind blew the candle out. In the sudden darkness, I heard Andrew run downstairs. By the time I reached the top of the steps, he was gone.